Hello, my name is Lexi Davis. I'm a self-discovery coach, a yoga and meditation instructor, a love enthusiast, and a really playful human being. I serve people through my business, Alive to Enjoy, and this is Heart Snuggles, a holistic wellness podcast where I invite guests to drop into their heart space through authentic conversations and compassionate intentions, all in mini cuddly episodes, hoping that you connect to your truth in the most authentic version of yourself. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Heart Snuggles. We're so happy you're here today. I brought one of my bestest friends, which I'm stoked for you guys to experience her beautiful glowing light. Um, Go ahead and tell them who you are. Hey, everyone. I'm Bree. I'm one of Lexi's close friends. We met in college, and this is my first podcast that I'm doing one on one with Lexi. She did host me about a month or two ago when we did our first backpacking trip together. So if you guys heard that one, you might recognize my voice again. Yes, that was such a fun one. The backpacking, solo backpacking trip. I'll have to tag that one in the show notes. So tell them what you do for a living and what you're passionate about. So I work at Uber. I have been working at Uber for the last five years or so since I got out of college. I currently manage West operations at Uber. So get to work on a lot of really fun projects that involve like the West Coast. And I really love it because I have like really grown a lot from this role and get to work with a lot of people and get to work on a lot of cool things. So that's awesome. And my big passions lie with, but basically like sustainable initiatives and also making eliminating barriers for like marginalized people so that's kind of where my passion lies and sometimes I get to work on really cool projects involving that yeah she is a wizard at what she does it's so exciting to see and she's super passionate about the environment which is really so fun because we all need to be more educated on that and yeah it's something that we should be prioritizing so we need people you especially corporations to be being like, yes, let's do this and like advocate for that in big businesses. So thank you for being that light in the corporate world. And to start us off, let's do the question of the podcast, which is what was the last random act of kindness someone did for you? One that really sticks in my mind happened a little while ago, but it was the most recent thing that I can think of. And I was at the bank getting some checks because I ran out. And the teller basically, you know, there's usually a fee for them to create new checks for you. And after she had printed me out some checks, she's like, there's typically a fee for this, but I'm just going to waive it for you. You seem like you could really like use some help right now. And it was just so nice because I was going through a lot. And like, even though the fee was only a few dollars, it like, her action just meant the world. So that was super nice. And thank you so much to the Chase Teller that waved that fee for me. <laughs> so sweet. It's truly, you know, we hear it all the time. It's the little things that matter. And and you don't think about it until it's like happens. You're like, wow, that was so small, but it made such a big difference because it's the intention. It's like, that's all that really matters is intention behind people's actions. And it's not like, like, of course, it's nice to be given like 10 grand or whatever, but really like that feels almost the same as just that little act. 
Yeah, definitely. And the fact that like, she didn't have to do it, but she obviously like had the ability to do it. So the fact that she was able to, I don't know, she must have had some sort of intuition that told her to waive that fee for me. So that was nice. Yeah. That's another great point. Like she could sense, you know, like when you're present enough to notice someone else's energy, because I feel like we're all intuitive. We are all intuitive, but a lot of us aren't tapping into it, but it's like, we can feel when someone's energy's off. And it's like, we can do that little bit of thing to brighten up their day. And you're still holding on to that, even though it was like a little while ago. So mm-hmm. it made a big impact, which is great. Definitely. All righty. So tell everyone how you became vegan and what was your journey to there? Yeah. So I started eating a full like vegan plant-based diet in January of 2016. So it's been about five and a half, six years. And yeah, it's been pretty amazing. I really enjoy eating like plant-based foods. And prior to going vegan, I was vegetarian. So I was still eating like dairy products and eggs as well. And basically the reason for that choice was I've always loved animals and I've also always been kind of selective when it came to what sort of like meat that I did want to eat. So actually back when I was in middle school, I went on a vegetarian diet, but I was so young. I had like absolutely no knowledge of nutrition and really how you were supposed to eat. And, you know, back when you're like in grade school, they basically give you like the FDA chart. That's like, yeah, veggies and dairy and meat and all that type and grains and all that type of thing. Um, So when I went vegetarian, I cut out meat and just, you know, wasn't really eating correctly at all, was eating like lots of carbs and probably not really eat like getting at least like decent amount of protein that I required because I was an athlete at the time and everything like that. So I was vegetarian for a couple of years back in middle school. And then when I went into high school, I don't know like exactly what it was, but I just decided to like give up my vegetarian identity and start eating meat again. I think it was like kind of a convenience thing. And also just like maybe felt like, you know, I wasn't eating the most nutritious diet as a vegetarian. So yeah, started eating meat again um, in high school. And then what made me come back to it while I was a senior in college was actually taking two different classes that sort of related to each other. And the first one was an animals and society class. And that class was all about animal welfare and being like an advocate for numerous like aspects of animals. And so obviously like factory farming and that was a whole part. And then I was also taking like a food and society class. And that one was more about like where food comes from, how our relationship with food impacts the environment and Yeah, just kind of like more about like our relationship with food. So between those two classes, but more so like the animal and society class, I made the decision to go back to cutting out meat again. But as I mentioned, I just started with the vegetarianism because that's actually usually my advice for most people who are looking to kind of cut back on how much meat they're eating or 
reduce their meat intake. And I usually recommend starting off like with more of a vegetarian based diet. So you're not like too, too restricted. Um, And then you can kind of like learn how to adapt things just so it's not like, you know, cold turkey right off the bat. At the same time, I think it's different for everyone. So it kind of depends like how you adapt and how much self-control you have when it comes to what you eat and how you cook or go out to eat, whatever. So yeah. And I have uh, read a lot of studies that dairy is like super, super addicting for us. Um, Essentially it's like as addicting as cocaine is or has similar effects on like your brain and all that. I'm not a scientist, so I can't really get into like the actual research and study like that. But um, yeah, just some research has been done and is out there about that. So, well, yeah. And just like thinking about too, like everyone, including ourselves, when we first started, we're like, I can't stop eating cheese. I love Mm -hmm. cheese. And like, totally like, look at your patterns. Like you are fucking addicted to it. Like we are, it is crazy. Yeah. And that's the feedback that like, I always get when people hear that I'm vegan, they're like, oh, I can never cut out cheese. It's like, wow, maybe you should like think about the why. Yeah, like, um, no, I mean, this is really good, but like, I never crave it now because I'm out in five years. But yeah, when I first transitioned, that was definitely the hardest part. Um, like cutting out meat is easier for me. And the dairy was definitely a bit more addicting because everything that I had known up to that point as vegetarian food, cheese pizza, egg sandwich, like, you know, the unhealthy like things. And so actually my partner at the time was the one who pushed me to cut out like dairy and eggs. And at first I was like not on board with that idea at all. And his reasoning for it was it was just like better for the environment and also for yourself. So once I like did a little bit more research into that and got on board, I really struggled at first with like just being really limited and not knowing how to cook vegan. So yeah, basically you have to learn how to be more creative, do more research for yourself, ask for help from other people who eat that way or eat healthy at least. Uh, So that's kind of been my journey with it in a high level. (laughs) Yeah, so cool. And it's it's awesome that like your intuition, even as a little kid knew, you're like, I'm so connected to this and I can so connected to animals and this planet and I value these things and um, they're important to me, even though I'm such a young little, little girl running around. Definitely. It's just like, it's so yeah. cool. The animal lover for me. So yeah, there's like a few reasons why people go vegan, right? It's like, is it for your health? Is it for the environment? Or is it for the animals? Or it could be a combination of all of them or two of them or whatever. Yeah. And for me at this point in my time, it's all of them for sure. But initially it was more just the animal welfare aspect rather than like the health. And I would say to me, because of that, it's really interesting how like society labels certain animals as meat and others as pets. I think that's like super, super interesting on a sociological level. Like we want to call like cats and dogs our pets, but we are okay with eating cows and pigs and chickens. Meanwhile, if you look at a different culture in India, they would never, ever consider eating cow over there because it's sacred and that's part of their culture. So a part of me just finds it super fascinating as well that 
the way we label things in society really impacts how we view our relationship with different things as well. Yeah, that's a huge one. And and it's also interesting too, how I was guilty of this as well, like not wanting to see the process and being oh, yeah. avoidant of seeing how the animals are killed. And, and been, you know, like people are so repulsed by it, but then they have no problem eating it. Yep. That's a big thing. I feel I was just having that thought come up um, with something recently. It's like the cheese thing too, right? Like that place in Seattle that you've taken me to. Yes. Cheers. (laughs) It's like cheese is so good, but like, oh man, if you watch the process of how it's made, it's like not the best. Yeah. It makes me queasy. (laughs) Yeah. This is for anyone that has female reproductive organs. Your period symptoms are not normal. Let me make that motherfucking loud and clear. You don't need to settle for cramps and mood swings every month. You don't need to accept breakouts, low energy, breast tenderness, heavy periods, bloating, or any symptom as an unavoidable part of your cycle. You don't need to settle for anything less than perfect hormonal health. These monthly symptoms are your body's way of communicating an underlying hormone imbalance that needs to be addressed. At My Moonbox, natural, uncomplicated, and effective products created by qualified practitioners are made for you. Made to balance your hormones, improve your periods, and have you feeling your best all month long. They've done the work for you, created the products your hormones need, and compiled all the essential cycle knowledge into their ebooks and courses that, so that you're provided with everything you should have been taught since the very beginning. Go ahead and grab yourself a moon box. Use the code HEARTSNUGGLES for 10% off and feel empowered about your period, baby. So if someone is, you know, switching into veganism, they're noticing they're gaining weight and it's not helping them. How did you like go about that? Because especially nowadays, now if you're going in, there's like, you have to filter out. Like I would say like 80% of the vegan food is just junk and processed. Definitely. So when I first went vegan, I actually ate a lot of that like processed alternative stuff and was eating it for probably like at least two years before I realized this is like became more health conscious because yeah, I was just doing it like for the animals and to not eat meat basically. So once I started to become like more health conscious and started to have like a healthier relationship with cooking, I basically started to listen to like a lot of different health podcasts and nutritionists that really talked about like the best ways to be eating um, a plant-based diet and how to like balance all of that out. And yeah, I would say that like, obviously you want to be incorporating mostly whole food plant-based. So like mostly veggies and fruit should be like what you're primarily eating on a plant-based diet. And then obviously getting like your source of carbs and protein is important as well. But for the most part, like Americans get plenty of protein unless you're like, yeah, have like a super, super high activity level, then you're getting enough protein from what you're eating. It's mostly about like eating the right vitamins and making sure that you have like enough fiber and that type of thing. And then the other thing I would say too, is that It really differs for everyone. Like everyone has different metabolisms and body types and different like foods that are good on their digestive system. And this was something that I learned partly through you, Lexi, basically like there's 
the Ayurvedic like dosha body types, which are super cool. There's a survey that you can take to figure out what type of dosha your body is. And based on that, there are a recommendation of what type of like foods that you should be eating and whether that's like mostly raw plant-based foods, or if you should be eating like cooked, like warm meals, that type of thing. So I would recommend just like figuring out some of that type of stuff. And, you know, if you have the means, then potentially going to speak with like a holistic nutritionist and, and whatnot. Yeah. I, I, Finding out your dosha is so important. Also, your blood type tells you a lot and will tell you how to nourish yourself when becoming vegan because certain blood types are very different. And so blood types yeah. and doshas, I think, are really great ways to start to understand your body. And then there's so much education now, like via podcast and Instagram to tell you about how to be a, get a more balanced diet and to get your annual exam that tells you your levels and if like, what about iron? So what do you do for iron? I feel like that's a big common one. Yeah. I was just going to say, depending on your blood type, that can be a real issue for some people in terms of if you're prone to being anemic. My sister actually was eating a vegetarian diet for probably the last two or three years. And she recently started to eat some like chicken and some meat and fish back into her diet. And The reason for that is she was not getting the right type of food and her energy levels were super, super low and she was basically anemic. So in terms of like my iron source, I try and get it from just some of the things that I'm already eating, like tofu and that type of stuff. But then also I cook with cast iron. That's pretty much all I cook with. And so whenever you cook with cast iron, what you're literally getting iron from the skillet into whatever you're cooking. So that's something that I do as well. And luckily for me, I've never had an issue with my iron levels. So that's not something that I personally have to like be super careful of. Yeah. I've never had anything go with my iron either, but um, another just some ideas for people that are looking for what are high in iron is spinach and like pumpkin seeds have a lot of iron in them and really just starting to like, it's a great thing to switch over to a new diet because you have to educate yourself and you start to learn a lot more about foods and like what is actually nourishing your body. And you start to understand like how to incorporate new things and you get to try new recipes and So yeah, it's just really great. But like lentils are another great source of Mm -hmm. iron. Pumpkin, flax, hemp, all the seeds have a lot in them. And then I think like crucifix vegetables, like big leafy greens of any sort are really good for iron. Yeah, definitely. And I don't take any supplements or anything like that because I tried to get it all from just incorporating like lots of food, uh, trying to eat, you know, the colors of the rainbow, that type of thing. But obviously like Plant-based supplements are always an option at the end of the day too, if you are um, experiencing like deficiency levels. But I always recommend like trying to get that from your food directly rather than taking supplements. And then, yeah, just to your point back about like the alternative like meats and cheeses, Hannah actually was talking this morning about how she found 
this like super yummy new um, vegan cheese and literally the first ingredient and it was canola oil, which doesn't surprise me at all. And that just goes to show like, it's still important to be reading like the ingredients that are in these things. Um, Same with like the Beyond Burger, like those are all great that they're on restaurant menus and everything now, but they're not healthy. (laughs) They're just filled with a lot of like, yeah, unknown things, but it's great to see them on the menu at least. Yeah. I was talked about this. I had a vegan doctor come on here. She's a physician and she's changed vegan. But we were talking about how there used to be such good vegan burgers, like made of beans and lentils and all these things and or potatoes, sweet potatoes, uh, beets. And now it's just like beyond processed Mm -hmm. meat. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's a part, that's the thing that sucks when it becomes popular almost because the quality gets taken away. So just being conscious of that and like also knowing for yourself, making a bomb vegan burger is really easy and it's really fun. Um, But I'd love for you to chat about why, what's the deal with canola oil? Yeah, well, canola oil, I literally stay far, 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 far away. Uh, I have not eaten that since I lived at home because that's what my parents used to buy for certain things. They would like fry foods in it or maybe use it in baking and stuff. But I've not bought canola oil literally since ever, I don't believe. But canola oil is really unhealthy for you because it is super, super inflammatory. And it basically just opens up your immune system to being compromised by inflammation, which can lead to lots of different health issues, both physically or like mentally. So I stay away from that as much as possible, but I notice it in things that I buy all the time. So it's just like, you know, something that if I'm cooking at home, it'll never be in what I'm eating. But if I'm eating out, it's most likely going to be in there. So it's really cheap as well. It's the cheapest oil that you can buy, I believe. So that's why most of these companies put it in so many of their recipes is because it's cheap for them. So they're not looking out for your health. They're just making these basically products because they know that there's demand for them. Like veganism and eating more plant-based foods is trendy now and having like a whole new market for these sort of products like is just opening up yeah you just want to be conscious of what you're putting into your body and what ingredients are in it definitely yeah can all, there's so many other things i would have to look it up but like it's pretty gnarly the impact it has on your body and it sucks like you said like it's put in so many things because it's such a cheap source which isn't fair but you know it is what it is so just be aware of that and do your best and like as you are on any sort of health journey to better yourself you have to have a lot of compassion and grace because you're going to make a lot of mistakes and you're not going to be perfect there's no such thing as that and so just doing your best to make more conscious choices yeah definitely I grew up in Colorado, so I was very, very limited in terms of relying on like local source of foods and all of that. But now I live out in California, where super grateful that so much of our produce is grown in California. And so I really try and like rely on 
not only like local produce, because that obviously has a lot better of an impact on the environment when you think about like food miles and how far your food is traveling, like to get to your grocery store or whatever, like you can go into Safeway and find, you know, let's say potatoes from Mexico or something like that, or um, sometimes even farther and potatoes are something that can easily be grown in the US. So it's like, if you're super concerned with like the impact that your diet has on the environment, it's important to recognize where your food is coming from. That's one thing. And then also like eating seasonal, which is again, like part of the Ayurvedic ancient like wisdom, basically, you know, like we have seasons for a reason and food is something that's pretty seasonal depending on where you are located in the world. And so eating seasonal foods, I think is important too, if you want to be conscious of your impact on the environment. Yeah. For multiple reasons, like you said, and you know, it's really frustrating because when I started this journey, I was eating all the right things, but I was seeing no results in my health through my gut issues and through my skin and all these things. And I realized like a lot of the produce I was getting had no nutrients in it, even though I was eating all the greens and all, every, I was eating so clean, but all of it was from a source way far away, which means it loses all the nutrients. So I was like, even though I was doing the right thing. So I thought it's like it, the food has to be the closest it is to source, the more of the benefits you'll get. So, and yeah, it might cost a little bit more, but just remembering that in the long run, like it's cheaper than any medical bills or big problems you're going to have later in life. And to really like ask yourself, is quality of life important to you? Because if so, then it requires spending a little bit more money in health and in food and things that are going to keep you nourished and provide you a better quality of life. Yeah, definitely. And the way that I kind of think about it is I like to like invest in my health now um, and spend a little bit more money on what I'm eating. That way, like the goal would be to not have crazy medical bills from all of the health issues that I have later in life. So that's kind of how I think about it. It's not like, I mean, obviously buying organic and that type of thing can be more expensive, but if you're eating mostly whole food plant-based, like and not buying all that substitute stuff, it's not that expensive or it's at least like more sustainable than literally a pack of like four beyond meat sausages is $10. And you can make so many meals out of that from buying a couple of different veggies. Yes, yes, yes. And there's also like cool stores like Grocery Outlet, um, even Costco, like where you can get bulk items. I'm going to maybe take Costco back for produce because it's definitely not close to source most of the time, but yeah, okay, it's still can... good though. Like if you are going to juice or that type of thing, yeah. it's, it's a good option. But then, yeah, like I've ne- also never lived somewhere where there hasn't been farmer's markets. So checking out like your local farmer's market and seeing what sort of vendors that you can support there. I live in San Francisco now, so we have the most amazing farmer's markets here. So super blessed for that. One thing that like I never thought about before, or at least like consciously, I was with my friend at the farmer's market that they have in my neighborhood on Sundays. And she like was like, oh, I would love to buy from this booth because they're like a black business. So you get to see the people that own the business and own the farm. And that's really cool too, because you can like talk to them and learn from them and 
hear about just amazing stories. So agreed. I love farmers markets for so many reasons, including a lot of what you said. And it's nice to have that connection and um, know what the source of your food is coming from. And then when you build that relationship with the farmers, they hook you up, they'll give you <laughs> the good stuff. And like, yeah, it's a real community connection. So, okay, to wrap it up, I'd love for you to talk about how veganism has made you feel in your body and in your energy levels and everything. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been doing it for the last six years and really love it. It's something that I plan to continue to do for the rest of my life. It's really pushed me out of my comfort zone in terms of like sticking to what I know and relying on the foods that I grew up with that my parents fed me, which are very, very far from healthy. So yeah, just taught me a lot about like my own relationship with food, cooking and being really creative in the kitchen. And I really love that in terms of how it makes me feel energy wise. My energy levels are great. I have not really struggled with fatigue since high school or maybe college, but that was probably just But yeah, I, in high school, very much so struggled with fatigue, always feeling tired, never feeling like I had energy and switching to a plant-based diets from my own experience and speaking with others, you notice the results very quickly, especially within a few weeks, I would say. And so, yeah, I love having friends that reach out to me for advice or recipe inspiration I literally just had a coworker, a former coworker text me like a few weeks ago that I haven't talked to in years. And he's like, Hey Brie, um, I'm interested in going vegan and you're the only vegan that I know. So I was hoping you could like help me out with a couple of the questions that I have. And I just love that so much because I don't expect like everyone to eat vegan or um, vegetarian or anything like that. But I definitely love that people are becoming more conscious of it and like looking to incorporate more of that into their life or at least try it out to see how they do. That's so fun. It's like, you never know who you're impacting. And mm-hmm. if it is a year later, that's awesome. Like if you planted the seed and there you go, like that happens all the time in life. And it takes some of us, you know, longer to get to those things and that's okay. And uh, I think another great practice too, is just like maybe trying one day a week, just not eating meat, you know, or whatever the thing. So. There's so many ways to do it, but thank you so much, baby. If people want to contact you or connect, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Instagram at Brianna Crawford. Uh, Feel free to reach out. I have lots of great recipes to share, uh, cookbooks, that type of thing. Yeah, so good. Last time I was with maybe these walnut taco yum yums that were delicious. So. Uh, definitely hit up Brace for some recipes and just just to see her beautiful light. So thank you so much, Ruby. Thanks for having me, Lex.